Welcome to the Darlington Extra podcast channel, working with communities, staff and partners to provide positive outcomes. My name's Brooke Hodgkiss and I'm the Academy Coordinator for Darlington Borough Council. Welcome to our Trauma-Informed Practice podcast series. So over the past six episodes, we've discussed several topics around trauma-informed practice and how it affects people of different stages of their life, different ages. But actually, we thought it'd be quite nice to, to have a think about, you know, where did our interest come from? How did this podcast series come about? Um, and I've got a few of the, the people that have been involved in the series to have a chat about that. So we'll do some introductions. Hiya, my name's Donna riley Raw, and I'm a Step Up to Social Work student with Children's Assessment and Safeguarding. I have a Bachelor's in Psychology and a Master's in Trauma-Informed Practice. My name's Leanne Gray. I'm a newly qualified social worker at Darlington Borough Council on the Adult Contact Team. My name's Ian Mendham. I'm a Band 10 social worker in the adult contact team at Darlington Council. Fabulous. Thank you. So, where did your interest come from? How did you get involved in this podcast series? I suppose for me, prior to my social work career, I had um, quite extensive experience working in both residential and domiciliary care. I know we've mentioned previously about stress-related trauma within a professional setting and working in that kind of environment, I suppose you're you're dealing with trauma on a a very regular basis. Only at the time I was experiencing it, I didn't realise what it was, what the impact was and how that can affect you know, other parts of your life. Um, so I suppose that's where my, my initial um, interest of it, I sprouted from, I went into my social work degree. And then within my first year of practice, I did go through several other traumatic experiences, which being in social work, you know, you expect some, but not to the extent which I went through. Um, so I suppose that kind of lit the spark, so to speak, and encouraged me to do a little bit more about it. Uh, reading about it, research, try to understand it a little bit more and how that can have an impact unless it's addressed, what it what it does to your mind, what it does to your body, and essentially how that can make you react to future experiences. You know, I mean, I've had to deal with death quite close up. I've had to be involved in, um, you know, family challenging discussions with families about the experiences that they're going through. And I know we say we do try to have that professional and personal separation, but when you go through these experiences and these traumatic experiences, it's not always easy to do that. And on occasion, it does spill over into your private life. So I suppose it was that consideration of how this is, this affects me and my partner and my family, because you can't always just leave work at the office door, so to speak. So I think that's where my initial and ongoing interest in trauma comes from? So for me, I've worked in similar to Ian, I've worked in domiciliary care, I've worked in residential care and I've also worked with children and families and I did a lot of work on um, domestic abuse programmes, parenting programmes and what I discovered within sort of my work history is that regardless of the age or where that person's at within their lifespan, um, they can experience trauma, and it can have it can have um, a real negative impact on their life. If it, like Ian said, if it's not addressed, um, so for me it was something that when I moved forward into 
training as a social worker it's so prevalent to me and it's so obvious to me that it impacts people's daily lives and and ultimately that's what we're here for we're here to um support people to make positive changes and to achieve their goals um so it makes sense to me that trauma just forms part of that so for me it's it's something that I continue to want to understand and learn about for that reason yeah, from, from my perspective, when looking at evidence, around one third of children in the UK experience some, something traumatic before the age of 18. Um, so for me, my interest is the impact trauma has on people's lives and relationships based upon my own upbringing and based upon my own um, individual circumstances and how I can relate to that myself. Trauma-informed practice is useful as it helps us to understand individual situations of people and how their behaviours and actions lead them to where they are. From my past um, my past experience working in education settings, um, trauma-informed practice was a useful tool to identify behaviours that were being displayed by children within schools to understand what was going on at home. Um, a, lot of, um, a lot of education settings that aren't trauma-informed yet um, just see the behaviours as punitive and then punished in, in that way so as well. They don't actually look deeper at what's going on at home. So that's that for me is where like it's brought it all together along with social work and pairing that with a psychology degree that I have as well. It's allowed me to develop a deeper and critical understanding that's very prevalent today and applicable to social work practice. Um, so bringing the whole of it all together from my background, my um, bachelor's degree, my master's degree and my experience and then applying it all to social work practice, I think is something that's really, 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 really relevant today, especially in like the current climate we're living in. I suppose going back to what Donna and, and Leanne just said there, it is quite interesting to acknowledge that despite how the trauma presents itself it does stem from very different places and if you're looking at at it from an epigenetic perspective it'll be interesting to see how many of those people that have gone through things like domestic abuse uh, sexual assault or you know any kind of physical assault mental coercive control anything like that how many of their children are now going through that similar or different types of trauma based on the genetics of it because you know there's 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 evidence to suggest that trauma is genetic and it it can be passed on in the womb from mother to child you know if there's abuse or any other forms of trauma going through that it can be passed to the child so that's where we can start to see that trauma becomes cyclical and it unless it's addressed you know I mean it's never going to go away completely because some things are out of our control but unless it is addressed as early as possible you know we're never going to be able to break that cycle so you know I think there's there's definite work to be done over however many years you know social works change from being proactive to a reactive service purely because of factors beyond every social worker and, and service users control we're constantly firefighting that so i think this is where the, the the work needs to highlight the actual needs of the people out there and take us back to what social work was for essentially yeah i completely agree so if we're thinking about you're right in what you're saying about how trauma can be it can be generational it can be passed from mother to child you know in the womb we know that um, and research you know, lots and lots of, of, of really good research out there really highlights that ultimately if you experience trauma, unresolved trauma, 
then then you, you know as you move through the lifespan you potentially will have issues in, in other areas of your life that not necessarily aren't linked to that trauma but it, it it's just it has that impact that minimizes how you can respond effectively to other areas of your life and that can be then ultimately your children will model their behavior and what they see mm-hmm. so in social work we really need to be thinking about the services that we provide how we're considering trauma and what that looks like within our assessments and our practice to, to really minimize those impacts that ultimately just lead on and more people needing services so if we can if we can start to think about it now and, and we're consciously considering it when we're working with people hopefully those impacts of the further need for services will reduce it's it's very that isn't it you know we try to do the best we can with such limited resources um, but what we we'll quite often see as a result of you know a number of factors is we, we do get those serial referrers because we can't do the meaningful work that's needed to be done you know let's not go down that path of why these things are happening but we, we all have the idea you know we we want to do what's best for people we want to address the root cause of the issue but we are quite limited and it's hard for us as professionals to recognize you know we do the best for people we do the best we can with what we've got and we we always try to make our interventions as meaningful as possible but essentially we need to get to the root cause and i think it's going to take you know a a much bigger piece of work um but i I do think the the change starts with the frontline social workers and other professionals that are involved with the person's care and having that awareness of what trauma is the signs of trauma the impact of trauma and how we can you know it's very important to understand that we need to work with the person we can't do it for them or on their behalf it has to be a collaborative process and as much as we can get involved with the person and for them to work alongside us to help them achieve their preferred outcomes that is going to be the best option that we have that is our strongest tool yeah i completely agree um and going back to what you what you said earlier about them the cycle of trauma. Um, I did a lot on my degree about intergenerational trauma, and it's amazing how you can see it getting being passed down the line from parent to child to grandchild. Um, and for myself, it's breaking that cycle of trauma. Mm-hmm. And for myself, I've broken that cycle of trauma within within my own family. Basically, going through what the things I went through as a child, I left school with like one GCSE when I was fifteen, and now I've got um I've nearly got three degrees now. So that to me is the is the epitome of breaking that cycle, and it's shown within my children as well about how well they're doing in school and how well they're doing. So it's it's being able to understand the trauma, address it, and then break it. Um, that's how you move forward from it. It's things like understanding that children don't see they've got trauma. I didn't see that I had trauma until I became a parent. Until I became a parent and sat and went, these things that my family or whatever without going into or whatever I I experienced are not right they're not something children should be going through and I went as a parent that is not going to happen to my children but it took me becoming a parent to understand that and to understand that I had that background trauma because I wouldn't have seen it as trauma before becoming a parent I would have just thought it was normal but then understanding that in order to meet a child's basic needs you have to do these basic things that maybe some of these things I didn't get as a child that I, might, I was put at risk as, as a child and it could have went drastically wrong. Luckily, it didn't and I've managed to break it. But 
not everyone's that lucky and not everyone's got that support network or that resilience or that emotional resilience to be able to do so. So it's understanding that we need to help people where we can and and show them that you do have trauma this is what it looks like and this is how you can help break it which is why I feel like I relate a lot to some children especially when I go into schools and I'm doing direct work with them and I go tell me what's going on and I'm like I, I completely understand I've been that child I've been there and a lot of like children go well, you don't know what you're talking about but some sometimes they just have to realize that we do know what we're talking about and we can relate on especially on a personal level as well we can we can help people so if we think about and we can help people without needing a, a huge overhauling service or you know you know things that are costly that we can't tackle at the moment like we can help people if we think back to previous episodes where we talked about the principles of trauma-informed care we can do that we can take responsibility from that we can provide that consistent relationship that open and honest and transparent service we can provide those safe spaces um, to have those conversations within our everyday practice we don't need to um you know we don't need a policy or or anything to be to be told how to do that but these are things that with a little bit of of further reading or understanding that we can start to implement in frontline social work brilliant thanks for that um and thanks for sharing donna um you know some personal experience as well and i know you did ian um so really from from what you've said there trauma-informed practice although it's you know it's about knowledge and understanding actually it's quite a preventative measure as well you know and yes it's the long game you know actually by understanding and recognizing that this might be what somebody's gone through for us as professionals it could support that change in the long run as well and actually if we're recognizing it in families there might be younger people that don't come into services you know because actually things have been changed before the the families got to that point so thinking about the podcast series what do you want from this series i, I suppose it's it's putting the information out there isn't it trauma covers such a wide range of things i don't think is that full understanding of of what can come within the trauma umbrella so i think if we can share that information you know to to, to raise this awareness because trauma in itself is a, is a very scary word you know it, it it's it's frightening and you say to people have you gone through trauma you know people think like oh no i haven't been in a car crash or you know i haven't done this but they don't understand what can be a traumatic experience and how that can have effect long time like long term you know whether it's acute trauma chronic trauma domestic abuse falls within the the, uh, complex trauma because of you know it's over a prolonged period of time there's just so much that comes within it so for me I'd, i'd like it the awareness of it to be raised and for people to recognize that you know social work has an understanding of that and we will always try our best to support you through that. It might not be us doing the work with you directly, but we can certainly point you in the right direction of where you can get those specialist interventions, where you can get that emotional support, where you can get that peer support. It's 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 worth remembering that although your experience is individual, trauma itself is not. There is more people out there, and that 
often they often say that the best way to help somebody is for people with those similar experiences. It's, it comes like a team effort, you know. It's a, it, it takes a village, essentially. So we can we can certainly link you in with that, and developing our understanding is going to help us to to help you essentially. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, it's just about spreading the word and hopefully people will listen to this podcast and then go on just do a little bit of reading um about you know what we've talked about and find ways even small ways to implement it in their practice I think it's really important for professionals also to realize that trauma is subjective and it's about that person's experience and not to minimize that and just to have an understanding that yes you could have three people that experience the same um you know the same experience but they'll all go away from that experience differently and carrying the impacts of that differently and just to just to make sure we're working with people you know in, in an individual way that meets their needs and just to be mindful um of, of the things that we can be doing uh, just in our everyday practice yeah for me I like to compare it to um and I've said I've said this quite a lot in the past is so you've got three you've got triplets all with the same same DNA, all with the same upbringing, all with the same family, all experience the same trauma, but they can all have different triggers and different reactions to it differently. So it's despite understanding that they are literally the, the same DNA, they all have individual differences and all have individual triggers that can affect them. Um, for me, what I what I'm hoping to gain from this is. Um, a better understanding within multi-agency working um, from my perspective especially from working in schools in the past schools are not as trauma, trauma informed as they could be I've worked with some teachers that are really really trauma informed and it's brilliant when you see it in a classroom when that you see a, a teacher understanding that the behaviours of a child isn't just them acting out there's a, there might be a deeper reason but then on the flip side I've also seen teachers just use a punitive behaviour measure and it not work and it's getting that understanding of yes there is you have there is work being done but we need more work to be done it's that multi-agency approach of as social workers we can do as much as we can but if it's children in schools they're not getting the same level within a school it's just like two steps forward one step back or vice versa we just will not go any further forward until everyone's on the same page of the same book so it's Plus working with families in the home as well. We need everyone around a table and everyone like singing off the same hymn sheet in order to, for it to be effective. And that's why I, that's what I hope people will gain from these podcasts. I think it's different information that we, we've all shared throughout the experiences. I think an important thing to get across is there's no blanket response to trauma. And I think that's why some professionals can get a little bit scared of it because there's, there's no process to follow. There's, there's no checkbox you know it's an individual approach to every person that we work with and I think it, it can be frightening when you're dealing with that but at it, the heart of it is is somebody that's gone through something that needs to get somewhere and I think that's those are the main three points I'd like people to take from it so now we're coming to the end of our podcast series we thought you know we could have sat here and went over key points but we can prattle on about trauma all day long because it is a fascinating topic so we're gonna pass it back over to Brooke she's gone through the entire podcast and she's been in every single session so Brooke tell us what you've learned from the podcast series what you found interesting what you'll take away from it yeah 
It's been fascinating, absolutely fascinating. You know, there's lots of you that are new prior to starting this. Uh, I've met some new people in different parts, the likes of uh, Anne over in uh, our education, Kirsty in early years. Obviously, I, I know you guys anyway. So as a social worker, you know, with experience of working with adults and families, um, I felt like I knew or understood a, a wide range of models, theories and what have you. <clears throat> but actually, trauma-informed practice felt quite new. Um, I think it's a term that, you know, it, it does feel new. So it, it's been a learning curve for me. I think it's brought to light, you know, things that I did understand and I knew, um, but also opened my eyes to new understanding. So over the series, I've really been able to consolidate my own learning, uh, you know, as a social worker and my role now as the academy coordinator, I link with lots of students, newly qualified, experienced staff, other professionals. You know, I'm kind of dipping in and out of so many different areas of people and working with people of all different ages. But I feel like this series and finding out more about trauma-informed practice is really going to help me to understand actually how I support the people I'm working with to work with the families they're working with but also you know I'm a, a person as we all are and I've got family I've got friends I've got a son you know I've got nieces nephews I think really what it, it brings together for me is what the long-term impact of something could be not just for me or you know my family but the people we work with how we approach working with people as professionals um and actually the i mentioned before about trauma-informed practice feeling like it's a preventative measure as well as being an understanding actually you know thinking about the the work that we could do even just as Leanne said about being able to have conversations just being open and honest and and promoting that understanding you know actually that could mean a lot in 10 years time for instance the families are adults that we've worked with they may go on to have children who are in a different cycle you know Donna mentioned about being able to break the cycle through understanding actually you know that could have a really positive impact for us as social workers you know not having the same scale of families come through or you know seeing a, a change in difficulties um you know and and ongoing from that is the positive impact it would have on our adult services and actually people going into adulthood with a, a, a better frame of mind, you know, and, you know, a better understanding. We can't take away some of the trauma and the experiences people might have, but the ways in which to understand and how to deal with it moving forwards can only be positive. Absolutely. Thanks so much to everyone that's been involved in this podcast series. Like I said, it's been absolutely fascinating. I've enjoyed every single moment of it. I hope everyone involved has, but the listeners as well. I hope everybody that comes across this podcast series can take something away from it. Even if it's, you know, it, it might be something personal, it may be something professional, go in, do a little bit of reading. You know, like like we said earlier, there's some fantastic books out there and bits of research. 
enjoy. I hope you've learned something. I hope you've enjoyed the series. Uh, you can find more on Darlington Extra. You've been listening to the Darlington Extra podcast on our Darlington Extra podcast channel. For more great content, make sure you subscribe now. Thank you.